the Red 78. I think it's important that people don't expect too much because it takes time when you come back. It's not just the injury, it's all the other stuff. Available every Wednesday. Don't miss a moment of action. Subscribe to the Rugby Channel on the OTB Sports app and turn on your notifications now. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Okay, you're welcome back to OTBAM. Conan O'Donnell of the Toronto Arrows is joining me today. Conan, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Can't complain. Just rolled yeah. out of bed there. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, we're complaining about the weather here. It's a brisk four degrees in Ireland at the moment. Um, we're complaining, saying it's a bit too cold and stuff. Maybe you can put some perspective on us. What's the weather like in uh, beautiful Toronto, Canada? Well, it was actually real sunny today, but it's minus two degrees at the same time, but it doesn't feel like it outside. Um, yeah, no, the weather's very different here. There was blizzards all last week, but I was actually away for a few days because we had a bye week and my flight was actually cancelled on the way back. So, Oh, brilliant. Unfortunately, couldn't make it back for training because of the, yeah, the runways are just filled with snow, so. Excellent. Have to, just... miss, have to miss Mondays. It wasn't too good. But okay, well, you know, me deciding it's a bit too cold to be running. That yeah, I, I feel even worse now. Um, yeah, we tra- we train in a tent. In fairness, so <laughs> okay, it's, it's like that a, bad. Pres- it's a pressurized cabin. Um, some days it is genuinely. Wow. That's yeah. crazy. But okay. I think I'd rather it over the the sports ground rain any day. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so weather and travel restrictions aside, uh, you joined. When when did you arrive in Toronto? On the third of January. So okay, was that like two months ago? Nearly just over two yeah. months. Wow. Um, and how are you finding it so far? How are you settling in? Yeah, I love it. Um, okay. I suppose a real exciting competition. A lot of travel around America, uh, and then obviously an opportunity to play rugby professionally is always always the goal and dream so I'm really enjoying that and I've never actually lived in a big city before so kind of the opportunity to live in a city and play professional rugby there is kind of a a no-brainer for me so yeah I'm over the moon with the decision so far. Yeah and uh, you've plenty of Irish there with you at the Arrows Um, think am I right in thinking Shane O'Leary and Noel Reid formerly a Leinster there with you as well? Yeah and then we have an Irish S&C coach as well who actually worked with Black Rock Oh, brilliant. And Shane's his name as well. He used to play in the Premiership with London Welsh, I think it was. London Welsh, not Scottish, yeah. <laughs> brilliant. Um, so plenty of Irish there anyway to keep you company. Uh, yeah. What's, I, I've looked at the results for the Arrows. They haven't been great so far, it has to be said. But um, well, how does it work? How does Major League Rugby work to the layperson like myself? Oh, I suppose... Is it playoffs yeah. at the end of the I'm season? I think there's not much difference <laughs> to it. They have a... It's kind of that American... Because we're the only Canadian team, but it is American League. Hmm. Uh, it has that, like, American twist on, you know, the East and the West Conference. And okay. We, yeah, we're in the East Conference, so we play every team home and away, I think, and then we have a one or two crossover games in between that. And then hmm. top three in each conference... Go top four. I actually don't know. I should find that out. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be in it anyways. I'm yeah, if, you, if you have extra games uh, at the end of the season, you know, oh, I guess we did well this year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Um, I think so. Yeah. Top three, and then you go into like a semi final and you win your conference as well. So, okay. 
So yeah, it's quite North America. Basically, now. like a a super Super Bowl at the end of it for the yeah. Laura Shield. Right. Um. And what, how do you find the the travel? I've noticed that you've have a lot of way to a lot of away games so far. Is the travel a bit of a drag? Like it is. I don't know if if people want to get a map of North America. It's pretty big. Yeah, I suppose that's probably the beauty of the East Conference. A lot of your games are on the East Coast, so okay, it's not as much travel as. If we were to go to say San Diego, it would be like mm. probably like six or seven hours, is it? Yeah. Could be, long, could be longer. I've never actually flown it before. But um that isn't too bad. Like I suppose the biggest trouble is because we're the internet we, we're the only team that's internationally, so we have to travel a bit early in the airport. I yeah. just find the travel days itself drag out just because you have to go through pre clearance. Mm-hmm. And if it was a domestic flight, it would be okay. But the fact that it's not, we have to like do all that niggly detail and have visas organized and all that. But I suppose, and then obviously currency conversions because we're getting paid in Canadian dollars. That's probably the the biggest niggly bit about being the only Canadian team. But I, I assume if you were a team in a base in America, it wouldn't be as bad. Like I suppose traveling the URC, you do a lot of travel as well. Or even if you play in the Challenge Cup or well, I've never played in the Highland Cup. It's the same. You probably have to have big bus journeys in France away from the airports and mm. long days away. So I'm kind of used to it at this stage, but <laughs> yeah. don't, don't really mean, think too much into it. No, you've, uh, one thing's for sure, you've done plenty of travel over your yeah. uh, playing career. A few, so. air, few air miles wrapped up at this stage. <laughs> yeah. um, so just for, like, I think it's, like my brother's really into MLR and he's a real rugby hipster. So I know you've only been there for two months, but it's anything jumped out to you about the rugby culture over in North America so far? Anything that's sort of different to how it would be here? I think you just have to listen to the commentary for a few minutes <laughs> to, to realize <laughs> it's a bit, um, yeah, it's a bit different. <laughs> I, w- I won't say anything, but <laughs> <laughs> just take a listen for yourself. Uh, the the rugby is very enjoyable though. Okay. Um, it's quite a very forward oriented game I've noticed kind of similar to like kind of English rugby just a lot of mauling scrummaging and yeah very different because I was in New Zealand before and it was very like kind of fast high intensity a lot of ball and play but kind of gone full circle again back to that kind of forward oriented rugby right and what made you decide to go to Toronto I mean was it just a case of Here's the offer. I've only one career. I'll just go here and see what happens. Or what was yeah. the thought process? To be honest, I was kind of about to hang up the boots in December. I booked a flight home from New Zealand and was just going to go home for Christmas, enjoy the Christmas, and then kind of assess what I'll do work-wise after rugby. And then, yeah, I kind of had <laughs> was about to go home and reach out to people and see what was out there. But then... Then this opportunity came up. I was like talking to Shane O'Leary. He goes, oh, do you want to come to Toronto? And I was like, yeah, okay. So he asked the coaches and then they just like, oh, rang me up. What's your plan? I was like, oh, well, I'm going back to Ireland now, but I've been in New Zealand the last few years. And then they were like, do you want to come play for us? And I was like, it's only six months. So I said, yeah, why not? And then I can reassess after that again. Might as well keep the dream alive for another few months. Yeah, wow. That's, I didn't realize it had come to that point. Gosh, that's incredible. Um, yeah. Uh, so, like, because you're from Sligo originally, um, and you would have played in Sligo Rugby Club. I read this as well. You started out as a 
winger. For those of you who don't know, Conan plays a tight head prop. Is that correct? Yeah, either or. Tight head or loose head. Tight head. So winger to to prop doesn't really seem like a lateral move. How did that happen? Yeah, so I was a young, skinny kid sprinting in the community games back in the day, you know. Yeah. Genetic freak. <laughs> 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 Those flash twitch fibers. But then, of course, the pizza came to Sligo and probably uh, indulged too much in it as a young fella. And then, yeah, probably <laughs> probably blessing disguise if something tells me I wouldn't have been playing uh, professional rugby at a, as a winger. Yeah, but, okay. no. Because I remember seeing you play like for Connacht and, and schools rugby and stuff, and I was sort of surprised at the level of technical skill you had. There was obviously some sort of backs history there. Um, uh, no, I, I don't think it was from that. Now, to be honest, <laughs> I was quite young when I moved, so probably uh, right. Okay, probably just would have been true. Good coaching and stuff like that would have loved that. And then you were involved with the under twenties way back in like 2015, 2016, I was just going through the squad that you were a part of. Like some of the names, like Hugo Keenan, Stockdale, James Ryan, Jimmy O'Brien, Andrew Porter. I mean, you know, you'd wonder where they are now. Um, when you played alongside those guys and growing up and obviously the talent you would have been playing with in the Connacht Academy and against sometimes, did you have a sense that they were going to be like the world-class players that they are now or is that obvious from that stage it really is yeah I mm. think especially in James Ryan's case I think we all knew he was destined for what he's done really okay uh, but even at schools room because I would have played under 18 schools with him as well mm. and he was kind of like just such a leader the, leadership he had all the qualities you just looked at him and you're like okay he's he's the man he's, go, he's going places yeah, wow. Just and leadership. Boys, obviously. Okay. Well, and is it, yeah. He's very good, hardworking, and was just very, like, diligent. Mm-hmm. You could just tell he kind of had the, the tools in the armory for it. That's very interesting. Because um, you assume that leadership just comes later on in your career, but when, like, you know, as you mature. But he obvi- he was captain of that 2016 side that went really well at the World Cup. Um yeah, it's it's um, it's remarkable that he had that already. Uh, and were they just really good specimens? Were like that kind of Michael's crew just incredible athletes from the off? I think so. Sounds like they're just probably kind of like the rugby nursery, isn't it? They must be doing something <laughs> right in that school. Yeah, because it seems to just be churning out players every every year. I think they had um, there was a weird stat there, wasn't it? It was like they had like six Ireland under twenty captains in a row. Wow, I didn't see that. That's incredible. Yeah, because even the year before, um, Nick McCartney was uh, our captain as well. Okay, the scrum half. Yeah, yeah, and he went oh. to Michaels too. Wow. And, um, I'm pretty sure the year after was a Michaels fellow too. Yeah, it's it's um, it's famously the conveyor belt, but uh, I didn't yeah. realize it was that stark. Jeez, nah, it's okay. Pretty, there must be doing something right there. Yeah, there's something <laughs> in the water there. <laughs> Come back to Connacht, why did you end up leaving? Was it just a case of um, they weren't going to renew your contract or did you want to take another adventure or, or how did that come about? Yeah, it probably just wasn't in my hands, to be honest. I had the option to stay, I would have. Um, and then they just probably had a couple of young lads coming through and probably didn't see a future for me, so didn't renew my contract. And then I was pretty fortunate enough to actually get 
that whole some subtle things pop up overnight and then that kind of just helped me keep playing. But I suppose if that didn't happen, I probably would have been, yeah, I don't know what would have happened. I didn't really have anything else at the time. So Yeah. Because um, like, looking at your CV, I implore anybody to go off and have a look at the clubs you've been at. But just very quickly, you went to Japan, obviously, after that. And then it was, I think, Crusaders and Canties Manukau. And then you went up to Fangaray to Northland and played with the Highlanders as well. Now you're in Toronto. That's the CV of a well-traveled adventurer. Like, I, <laughs> you know, um, like I, I know your your sister uh, teaches languages and has a real appreciation for culture and has lived abroad a good bit as well. Is that something that's in you too? Did you just want to, look, I've got this tool here, this opportunity to see as much of the world as possible. I'm going to go wherever. Or was it a case of, you know, you just <laughs> go where the opportunities are? Or was there any sort of forethought? It kind of just happens. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I suppose almost like when you're growing up, the dream is to stay in Galway and play for comics as long as you can and then have the hope on to to kick on to higher honours but then I think things have probably worked out for the better to be honest I've probably had a Oh I would definitely time. say that yeah. my god <laughs> Yeah looking back at it now I'm like geez, I'm kind of happy it didn't work out the way I wanted to yeah. um, no, I've had a great time I loved it uh, really? obviously yeah. still still live in Toronto and then if anything happens after this then great if not well I've had awesome times so I kind of have to be thankful for everything that's happened uh, oh, I know yeah. I'm very lucky like I know a lot of people probably are better than me or work hard, slightly harder than me and then might get the same opportunities I have so I'll probably just have to enjoy it and make the most of it because a lot of them have been once in a lifetime opportunities so yeah yeah you'd be a fool to turn them down wouldn't you for sure um, like, I was looking at the people you've been working with uh, you played with Sonny Bill Williams in the Mitre 10 Cup for instance were, were you did you ever um cross paths with Scott Robertson when you were at the Crusaders? Yeah, so I was kind of in and out of that like environment for about two, two and a half seasons, so I'd know him pretty well. Yeah, okay. We get on great, he's a legend. <laughs> and then uh, I remember my first time in New Zealand, obviously I wouldn't have known much about New Zealand rugby, I don't actually watch a whole pile of rugby to be honest, but mm. I was in, it was when I moved to counties, it's in the middle of nowhere in Pukekohe, but I remember just like looking at TV because I've just been in the with the Sunwolves so I think we got knocked out early and we didn't go to the playoffs or anything like that so I kicked into training with counties and I remember just Crusaders bet the Jaguars in the final okay. I remember it was just on the news and they had doing the little breakdance thing yes. yeah 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 I was just like in my head I was like wow imagine being there that'd be the coolest thing ever to witness like this just like unbelievable breakdance and everyone just sing along and then Little did I know, like eight months later, I was in that circle witnessing him break downs when they won the final the year after. So <laughs> it was, uh, I was just like, thinking, geez, I was in Pukekohe a few months ago, just wishing I was there. But I know <laughs> I wasn't playing or anything, but being involved in the squad was pretty cool. That must have been incredible. But like, the amount of people you've been under now, you've worked with Pat Lamb as well. Like, surely coaching is like, you're made for coaching at this stage. The amount of stuff you must have absorbed at this yeah. Even at 26. I not have the ability, but I definitely have like the, the rugby knowledge after having all these great coaches. Like I've just, I've, I've had the best coach in the world over the last two, three years, even longer, four years. 
and even Pat before that. So I've just, yeah, I feel I, I never really thought about going into coaching until maybe a year ago. I'm like, oh, maybe I should. Like I have this all this knowledge from all these lads. I probably should utilize it a bit more. But yeah, yeah even, we'll even if it's like just to sit in the corner and talk about like everywhere you've been. <laughs> I think that'd be useful. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> Uh, like give us a sense of like the New Zealand rugby culture because it's world famous you know we talk about this is rugby country in Ireland and people get really annoyed about it Um, that is rugby country and it's famously rugby country but was when you were going over did the culture of how rugby is treated there was it exactly what you expected or were you surprised in any way about how much or even how little it bleeds into daily life. Like, what is it like? I think it just depends on where you are in the country in itself. It's kind of like Ireland, you know, some places are GA strongholds, Ireland strongholds. And then obviously, like South Dublin would be the rugby stronghold, but then, and Limerick as well. But yeah, New Zealand, I suppose, where you are, like, because um, some places are just like in the middle of nowhere and they just live and breed rugby. Some places they even like prefer rugby league, depending on where you are and like the demographic there as well. But uh, I found in Christchurch, especially, it's like just a big rugby bubble there. Like everyone loved it. Like mm. it was just everything I can probably show why the Crusaders and Canterbury have been so successful over the years. And then, yeah, I don't know. It was, it is like big there, but I feel like it's not as big as it used to be. Like okay. even if you look at the dying attendances, I think it's probably New Zealand's probably there's kind of more to do there than there was probably a few years ago, and people are probably just like not looking at rugby as much. But it is big there. It genuinely is, and the rugby culture in itself and teams and stuff is great as well. Boys just froth it like. Yeah, well, what what do you think that's about? Why why do you think there are dying attendances? Uh. I think a lot of people actually used to prefer like NPC, the Mitre 10 Cup or whatever it's called now. Mm. has a new name every year. But yeah. um, <laughs> apparently there was like massive crowds back in the day, like okay. north of like fifteen to 20,000 like some rival games. And then obviously Super Rugby came in and that dwindled because of Super Rugby. And then I think probably the South African teams going out, people probably just, probably just the same thing over and over again. People are probably just like, oh, and want something different and then obviously you know like nowadays there's like so much social media and obviously more TV, television deals going on in rugby as well so people probably rather go at home watch it there little kids probably just prefer doing their own thing like gaming or going on TikToks and all that so I suppose the interest there's just more general interest for people so rugby is probably just not as like appealing to some people probably because there's so much to do out there now yeah it's it's like the the heart is gone from it or something. Uh, certainly, that's that's the line that's sort of peddled usually. Um, when they take you in and when they see what you're about, are there things they're looking for out of Irish players? I know when uh, all black export comes over to Munster, say there's certain characteristics of like this huge big player who's also really technically gifted. Are there things that we're famous for in the rest of the world that we don't know about? That it's like oh an Irish player is going to bring this to my team. That's a certainty. Probably just the work rate. Okay. And then maybe a bit of technicality as well, I suppose. I would have learned a lot from my coaches in Ireland about just the importance of like knowing your role and being very technical. 
kind of robotic at times, but it kind of works. Um, yeah, probably probably just the work rate is probably the big thing we're known for, and then just that attention to detail. Yeah. Um, so I saw you said that your ambition still is to come back and play for Ireland at some point. Let's say tomorrow morning, Andy Friend or Pete Wilkins give you the call and say, we need injury cover badly. Are you on the first flight flight home or are you going to stick out the MLR season or what What would you do in that situation? Uh, <laughs> a straightforward question <laughs> with a horrible answer, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> all depends if, um, suppose because I'm under contract, it all depends if you're allowed to be released and all that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. Power isn't in my hands, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you you still, like, you're, twen- you're 27 by the time the World Cup rolls around. If you have a Johnny Sexton trajectory, that's a that's like three World Cups, you still have a chance of playing for Ireland that. Um it's still very much in the back of your mind that you'd love to come back here. You wouldn't you, I mean you it's been ambitious, but yeah, it's because it's always the dream, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I suppose every professional room player wants to represent their country, but at the moment I am not I'm not being any delusional. I know it's not really achievable when you're playing in Canada. So obviously Things have to a few things have to go in my favor for that to happen, but if not, sure luck. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, if you had to trade it for, like, you've done a lot as well <laughs> in your career. Yeah. Um, it's been incredible. Uh, finally, I don't know if you're following much of the Six Nations this year, but there's a there's a big old game in Murrayfield this weekend. Um, do you think we're going to beat the Scots? I think we should, yeah. Yeah. Um, I suppose we have the ability in the team there. So I think a few boys have come back from injuries, haven't they? Yeah. I'm not watching the news too much, but I've seen a few headlines. So. Yeah. A um, few few guys you know, actually. You would have played with them at under 20 level. They're doing well, if you didn't know a few of them. Oh, I know. They've won every game, haven't they? <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Doing quite well. I mean, with you there, who knows? Could push on to bigger and greater things, but look, that's if <laughs> uh, and buts and whatnot. But listen, Conan, it's been absolutely brilliant talking to you. Best of luck for the rest of the season um, and enjoy that Toronto sunshine. <laughs> Cheers. Thanks a million. Have a good evening. OCB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.